Welcome to Talking Social Studies. You're listening to Episode 11, Summer Learning Report. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And I might have been given a bad grade, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Hello, everybody. This is the podcast where we talk about all things social studies and education today. Here you'll find conversations about strategies, resources, ideas, and more, all designed to help today's social studies teachers impact their students. And let's just all get better at teaching social studies. And it's summertime, so we're talking about all things summer stuff. Let's introduce ourselves. I'll go first. My name's Ryan. Hi, everybody. I'm one of the, uh, one of the four uh, hosts of the Talking Social Studies team, and I am a Oh, my role's changed. I'm going to talk about that a little bit, but I am a technology TOSA, uh, and also I'm going to be a classroom teacher. Uh, I used to say former teacher now, but also teacher in Rockland, California, and you can follow me on Twitter at Creative Ed Tech. Cool. I'm Chris Hitchcock. I teach world history for a private online high school that's affiliated with Indiana University. Um, you can find me on Twitter at chitch94, and we hope that you'll check out the Talkin' Social Studies website at bit.ly backslash talking ss hi everybody i'm scott padway uh, an instructional coach in pleasanton california former social studies teacher uh and semi-pro explorer this summer so you can find me uh, on twitter at scott padway i want to hear what se- i want to hear what semi-pro is like <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Amy Presley. I'm a history teacher at Broken Arrow High School near Tulsa, Oklahoma. You can follow the Talking Social Studies podcast on Twitter at T-A-L-K-I-N-S-S, or you can follow me at STL in OK. Awesome. Well, hey, that's that's the team, everybody. We are on episode 11 of uh, Talking Social Studies, this fun little experiment. We're We're about a year into this thing now, right? Just a little under. Getting close. Getting close. Yeah. yeah right and on so, schedule too with episode yeah. 11 coming out. Right? You're in October? Was it October? So. Is that what it was? I think so. Yay. So it's been a fun ride. I'm, I'm super pr- proud of all four of us that we stuck around. We haven't. <laughs> That's pretty impressive, right? (laughs) That's one of the things that, you know, like what they say with podcasts and it's a lot like blogging. It's, you know, it's a lot of people who have great intentions, but to be able to, to make it sticky and and keep it going is a challenge. And for those of you listening, you can imagine if you've ever tried to be able to plan meetings, it's not the easiest thing. And trying to get four people who are not even in the same, uh, we're in three separate time zones is, is a challenge at times. So I'm proud of all you guys for helping us, us. I won't say make it a priority, but be able to stick with it. So thanks a lot, everybody. Well, well that's an interesting thought. So does that make this season two now? Oh, I like mm. that. Okay. Are we still wrapping up season one? I don't know. I never even thought about it for seasons. Maybe it's, what do they call that? And it's the, I'm not sure. Don't they call that something special in TV land? Like the the pilot? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> like the continuing season 1a or something <laughs> and so we gave you guys a lot of information about how to reach out and contact and follow us on twitter and um and so forth we do uh and, and also our resources on bit.ly slash talking ss but also we have one other place too that we wouldn't mind is that uh although there's many places in which you, you can get your podcast it appears that the itunes uh, store is a place where it, it's the one place where it kind of aggregates uh comments and um and, and rankings and ratings. And so if you would, please, we would love for you to be able to head over to the, uh, and give us a little bit of a, a shout out and love. I know a lot of people have reached out on Twitter and said, Hey, thanks for the resources and the ideas. And we really appreciate that. But um, if you wouldn't mind going over to, um, go over to iTunes and give us a couple uh, stars, hopefully more than a couple, <laughs> but, <laughs> but say, say like the show, we'd appreciate it. Hey, I had my first experience today where somebody, uh, somebody mentioned us. I was at a PD meeting. I was like, Hey, look at us go. What? That's cool. Wow. That's pretty cool. What happened? Uh, well, I'll bring it up when we get to that section. Don't okay, too far ahead. Lord, don't too far ahead. It's fantastic. All right, well, we're going to jump in the show. So it's been a while. It's here we are in August, and it's a bit. Uh, 
you know, like we said, four people in, in, in three different time zones, and it's a bit challenging. We've had a lot of experiences in terms of bouncing all over the country and the world, actually, in terms of the places that we go. And, and what's amazing about uh, the, the field that we work in, particularly in terms of social studies, is that I think that we, we, we see the world with different lenses, and we, we keep thinking about, oh, I can bring that back for my kids. Oh, I want to bring, bring it back and share. And so we want to do a little bit of the summer, uh, a conversation about our summer, about how we grew. Um, uh, hopefully not like waistline as much, but professionally, right? And that's an issue that, trust me, I need to, I got to work on being a Tosa was tough. I put some pounds on, but anyway, off topic, <laughs> but yeah, how we grew professionally and, and what are those things that we thought that we can come back and make us a better educator and, and ultimately to be able to help impact our kids. So that's, what we're going to kick off with segment number one. Want to know what you have all of us share out, what kind of PD opportunities and growth opportunities do we engage in? And we're going to kick it off with Scott who kind of put the most miles in. Yeah. Well, yeah, Miles, uh, definitely. So I had an amazing opportunity this summer to uh, spend some time in Tanzania um, and, and not only got an opportunity to do, you know, some of the kind of the more touristy safari type things, but also spend uh, about a week working with kids out there in some of the local schools and really getting to meet, um, you know, just some incredible students out in, in a place that really has uh, very, very little. And so I don't want to talk too much about that, but um, we, there, there's going to be a special episode coming out in the next week or two uh, that will really kind of dive into some interviews, a little bit of Tanzanian history, um, and all sorts of uh, just kind of exciting things uh, about it. But just to give you a perspective of it, I mean, this is something that you'd imagine seeing in National Geographic. It's, if you don't get an opportunity to go to secondary school, you know, you're married off at 12 years old um, out in the bush somewhere. It's, it's really just these kids who have so little, I mean, we walked into an English class and the teacher came up and asked, where was the English book? You know, a single English book. Um, So it just, uh, just amazing, amazing, um, you know, attitudes from these kids. I mean, some of them walking, you know, 15, 16 kilometers round trip just to get to school. Um, And and if you get fortunate enough to go to secondary school, it's all boarding school. So you're away from your family. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. And so it's uh, worth its own episode. Um, and so that's, uh, that's what that'll all kind of be about. But, you know, I really try in the summer, it's, it's such a great opportunity to really explore and, um, you know, just find things that you can bring back, uh, to share with your students and really try and open them up, um, to see things through somebody else's lenses. I mean, the, the issues that we have, you know, with coming to school and, and, and stuff, aren't even on the radar for some oh, yeah, kids out there. Oh, yeah, not even. Um, and so really trying to bring bring some of that back. Um, and for me, it's, it's you know, this professional growth and exploration and, and really just trying to, to actually see the world that we talk about so much in our classes. That, that, I mean, that, that kind of sums it up. And I, I will say um, it's going to be a pretty amazing episode. We worked a lot with this uh, project, the Messerani Project, which, which works in a very small region uh, of Tanzania, Arusha. Um, and that's kind of where we were based for the week um, for everything. So it was, it was a really great opportunity. And I so, can't wait uh, to hear about it. I can't wait to hear it. So, <laughs> so if you don't mind me asking the logistics, so while you're in there experiencing all of this, one of the things that we often forget to do is to document it. So you, you were not necessarily just taking photos, but you were actually were recording as well? Yeah. So, I mean, we took, you know, a, a thousand photos, and I've got a whole photo library that, um, that I can, you know, link up. Um, but yeah, we have some video clips and things, but yeah, I, you know, I kind of figured I'm doing this podcast and after your episode at the California council for social studies kind of inspired me. And I just, I just grabbed my camera and, uh, interviewed not only the teachers I was with, we kind of did a pretty lengthy reflection on our experiences, uh, just as we were leaving Africa, but also got an opportunity to interview some of the kids. And I, all of a sudden it hit me, you know, one girl, she came up to me, her name's Evelyn. And she said, you know, Oh wait, you teach history. Well, you know, maybe you can teach me something about history. And we had an opportunity to camp with them for a night and actually take them on a safari, which they had never done. And and so we had, you know, these conversations and all of a sudden we're saying goodbye and it realized, I go, wait a second, you know, (laughs) let me get you telling us a little bit about some of your Tanzanian history. And there's a lot that I didn't know, you know, I mean, I didn't realize Tanzania is one of the poorest countries in East Africa. Uh, You think Tanzania, you think Kilimanjaro, you think the Serengeti, you think Zanzibar, you think of these places that uh, have a lot of, you know, draw, for for tourism and things but in terms of you know education spending it's it's so far behind the rest of uh, east africa yeah and i think all of us who have done it right traveling is just it is the greatest educator that there are it just opens so much to 
Yeah, and as the world gets smaller every day, I mean, you know, what we do impacts people around the globe, and we live in these global economies. And just, you know, having that perspective, I think, is is so important. And it's very hard for some of our students to, you know, see things from oh, yeah. from somebody else's shoes. Yeah, even though the, the Thomas Friedman, what he came out was about 10, 15 years now, talked about the great, you know, the, the world isn't flat and how we're all connected now. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but we still are. There's, it's, it, it's still a great big gigantic world and these, and, and we've heard of each other, but there's, there's the, the connections are still, yeah, it, so cool. it's impressive. Well, I did not travel nearly as far as what sounds like the rest of you did. Um, I pretty much stayed put here in Oklahoma. Um, but I'm a huge kind of professional development junkie. And usually my summer is, you know, a, a week of professional development, a couple of days off. I go to an, a week more doing something else. And I fill my summer trying to pack in all the learning that I'm going to use for the rest of the school year. But, um, but this year I kind of took it, well, for me, light. Um, I did two of the advanced placement college board institutes um, for history. Well, um, I, I, I did, well, okay. World history has gone through and this will be year four of me teaching it. And it's changed every time. Um, I came in right before the big change and then they tweaked it each year. So I I keep going back because I want to know what's happening. Mm. Um, And then my, um, my administration asked me to go to the American history one just to kind of round. I, I was complaining that I had seen the same person four times. Um, and they said, well, the, the writing's supposed to be the same in the other one. It's been a long time since you taught that. Why don't you, and, and I dumbly early on said, sure. And then I sat in there and I was like, well, how did I do this? <laughs> uh, four days of sitting in a chair is hard. Um, but uh, by, actually, I spent today, almost half the day, in a meeting talking about using standards-based grading at the secondary level, which I know is used, like in Virginia and a few other places, really well. But I just live in a part of the country that tends to be several years behind um, when it comes to implementation. It's not that they haven't heard of it. It's just kind of, that's not the way we've done it. And there's a real resistance to something that's that much of a philosophical change, but it was really cool today to sit in and, and listen to, you know, 30 other educators really get excited about student learning and really measuring learning and not behaviors. And as I was sitting at that table, the person across from me, um, was like, hey, Twitter lady, kind of laughing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I'm also part of this podcast group. She goes, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was that's like, awesome. oh, <laughs> that's so cool. Oh, my um, It made me feel really good. I'm like, hey, somebody actually does listen. Yay. Um, I have to, I mean, it's, which is funny. I mean, there's all these, like, you know, people out there in, in digital social media that you're like, okay, are you just, like, tossing us a boner? Or, you know, is it really really like, you know, are we really actually helping anybody and to have somebody meet face to face and be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. When's the next one? I'm like tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a win. So, and then um, I'm also going back to graduate school starting later this month. I've got in about two weeks classes start. Um, I'm going for a doctoral specialist degree. So that's going to be for you. Holy cow. Yeah. So as I take on, I go from one section of AP, AP to four. Um, and then I'm taking on this, degree program and then hey why don't we just throw in a total philosophical shift in grading too so you know go big or go home I so go i big. didn't do all the traveling but you know i'm just happy i'm home and not podcasting on my way home from the dojo i'm oh actually already there <laughs> yeah this is new for you because yeah for those of you familiar amy or listen before amy does a lot from the car <laughs> i am the extreme multitasker she does we get a, we get a few turn signals in the uh, in the audio with the podcast <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know I'm following the law, though. That's my proof, right? Yes. That's right. As yeah, long as so there's it, no sirens or crashing yeah. glass. Or we haven't done that yet. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting about doing this whole podcast piece, like you mentioned about, like you mentioned the Twitter and the podcast and how people, you know, they were talking about how knowing you in both those worlds. And what's interesting is that the Twitter thing is so, I mean, it's defined by its brevity, right? The 140 characters. And this, this long form conversation, I really enjoy because it feels like, we can have conversations and dialogue and dive deep and ask questions. Whereas the other Twitter just seems to like a lot of just sort of check this out, check this out, check this out. Like here, look at this, read this article. Oh. I feel like you totally went Billy Mays there. Like, <laughs> but wait, there's more. But wait, uh, but wait. Yeah, nine ways the civil war changed. the like, Oh, I got to click on that. Anyway. Awesome. It does seem like that. Yeah. But I have to say that sometimes Twitter can lead to these really great connections, kind of like a, 
putting the podcast together, and I enjoy that a great deal. Um, also, early this summer, I knew I was going to be doing attempting a serious revision of my online world history course, and so I kind of just tweeted about that and also said that I'd love to have some other world history teachers to bounce ideas around because I'm the only world history teacher at our school. And so I had about 15 people say they were interested and we actually formed a Voxer group and did a lot of sharing of ideas and thinking about teaching world history and sharing resources and people shared like lessons and introductory things they do. And it was so cool. And so that was, I, I'm so grateful um, for everybody who participated in that. And, you know, it really helped me think of some new ways to, uh, you know, to, get world history across to students, which is kind of challenging because it's so huge. Um, Can you imagine trying to, I I just can't imagine teaching without like Twitter's my like support network. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I I hear these teachers who are, who are not on social media and and part of these groups and having these conversations. I look at them. I'm like, you are working way too hard, sweetheart. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's like having extra brains. Oh, yeah, Which, total hive mentality. Yeah, I totally need that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I didn't go as far as Scott did, but I had a chance to um, – thankfully, my husband travels a lot for work, so he had some frequent flyer miles banked up, so I got to tag along with him. Oh, and shout out to my mom for watching my kids. Um, but we we had a uh, just the two of us trip to Berlin, Germany, and Manchester, the U.K. in July. Wow. Um for almost a week so that was cool i had like a whole day just to knock around berlin got to check out a lot of the cool historical i mean everything is historical um but it was really cool and it was really neat to see the way that in berlin the history like the history that you might think people would try to like push under the table so to speak is just out there um you know like they have literally these walls along the sidewalk not the wall but like these you know boards kind of on the sidewalk where they have like you know here's what happened here's the history of this you know like here's the thing about checkpoint charlie and all this here's um you know the thing about like the building of the berlin wall here's like this big free museum that is called topography of terror that is all about the nazi rise to power what happened under the nazis what's happened with the stasi the secret police in east germany and yeah, so that it was just really interesting to, you know, not just be there, but to see how they kind of handle the history of some pretty, you know, horrific stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I found fascinating in, in Berlin with that is because you're right. I mean, the, like the there's no hiding the Holocaust and all these elements to it. Mm-hmm. But um, the one thing that was hidden was uh, Hitler's bunker. Mm. Was, Didn't they know, destroy it? It's yeah, completely destroyed. There's there was just an apartment complex on top of it, and we yeah. were walking. You know, I was on some walking tour. I was there a few years ago, and um, and they just made it a point to say, you know, just so you know, this is where the former site was. And so, it's 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 a really tough question how you you know acknowledge that kind of past without mm-hmm. um, glorifying it. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking the yeah, exact same word. Sensationalizing <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, and you know, like with something like Hitler's bunker, I mean, you don't want it to become like a, Trying. you know, a, yeah, like, right. yeah, exactly, you know, a place where, you know, the you know, Nazis or something are hanging out or, you know, yeah, yeah. so I mean, it was, it was really interesting, and Manchester was just really cool. I got to go to the Chetham Library, which is like the oldest public library in the UK, and there is a table in this little reading room where Marx and Engels studied before they were writing like the communist manifesto and the lady who was doing the tour was telling about, they would look over here and see like the worst slums in Manchester and they would go after work and, or after, you know, at the end of the day, after the factory work day was over and talk to people out about what their experiences were in the factories and things like that. So it was really, really interesting and amazing. Um, And then I attended the state e-learning department here in Indiana is really good. They sponsor a lot of conferences all around the state uh, for the summer of e-learning, they call it. And so they're pretty inexpensive. You can rack up some growth points to put towards renewing your license. So I attended one of those. 
got some really great ideas about working with Canvas and which is our LMS and then working with Adobe Spark, like a really hands-on lesson where we made a lot of stuff with Adobe Spark, which was really cool. It's free, just saying. Um, it, that's one of the, Adobe <laughs> Spark is so good. It's really cool. Um, and then earlier this last week or at the beginning of last week, I attended a really small group uh, professional development thing for uh, teachers who are maybe going to be teaching dual credit um, college and high school credit U.S. history. So we worked with a professor that teaches the intro level U.S. history courses at IU. And, you know, he kind of we walked through like close reading documents and how do you set up an exam and, you know, like what kind of questions you ask and writing assignments and all the stuff. So that was really, it was really cool, but I felt really stupid because I haven't t- taught U.S. <laughs> history since 1998. So I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very cool. All right. You, well, yeah. What about me? I've had a big yeah. change. I mentioned it in the intro that I've had a bit of a change with my uh, career and I don't think I've talked to you guys about it yet. Have I? No, no, no I haven't heard anything. So, share, yeah, share, share, share. So, um, uh, a, a couple different sort of uh, dominoes fell in place in this, in, in the class, the school that I used to teach in at Rockland high school. And I taught history there for 15 years and my, and my daughter goes there. My younger daughter is going to go there next year. Um, and, uh, a, a position opened up, uh, a broadcasting, the video broadcasting uh, position opened up, the teacher left and the principal who's a friend of mine had a conversation with me and he said, Hey, what do you think? You love doing video projects. It was one of your passions. You know, we're a history teacher. He's like, what do you think? You want to help kids tell stories? And I'm like, wow. I went back home and had a conversation with the family and it was an overwhelming. Yeah. So cool. I, I went and talked to, to my bosses, my superintendent as well. And they were all super supportive. So I'm going to split, I'm going to do a, um, I'm going to do, I'm going to teach, uh, do a video broadcasting. Uh, I'm doing quite a few sections and, um, I'm going to be the only broadcasting teacher at the high school, kind of take over that program. But meanwhile, spend my afternoon still being a TOSA for the district. So, wow. yeah, awesome. yeah, I feel like, you know, today was my first official day back and I feel like I'm looking at a tidal wave that hasn't hit the shore <laughs> yet, but I know it's coming. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. And so it's interesting. You were mentioned, Chris, before about the the I think both you and Amy were talking about the PLN and, and developing mm-hmm. that and how that's so important to you. And that I think has been my biz, biggest success. I think in, when I go, I do I do a lot of work over the summer doing doing workshops for teachers. And I think more than showing them how to do X, Y, and Z or do this or whatever, like showing them how to find their people, find your tribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find it super ironic. And so I'm going to throw this out to the, you and also to the community. If anybody's listening, I haven't found my new tribe. Oh, I know somebody you need to connect to. Yeah, okay. I think I do too. Yay. Okay, so <laughs> I'm out there trying to – hold on, but before you t- – for those of you who are listening, I, I, I'm trying to be able to find people or the hashtags or the conversations and even the platform. Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? But where are the other broadcasting and filmmaking teachers out there so I can kind of connect from uh, with them is the question. And so you guys have some thoughts? Well, I teach – I told you I teach at the, the largest high school and the public high school in the state of Oklahoma. And we have our own, like, broadcasting like course and, and mm-hmm. they do the whole, okay. So it's called, um, AeroVision. Okay. AeroVision is our like broadcasting, like, I guess company name. I don't know what you call it. Um, but their Twitter handle is B A H S pulse P U L S E. And, um, they're the ones who put together that like mega, um, lift up that got all the went crazy and, Oh really? Twitter. Yeah, they're the ones who put all that together, and it's all student run. What was um, the hand? I'm sorry, can I ask one more time for the hash? Sorry for those of you who are listening. Like, <laughs> can you give me that? Can you give me the handle again? Sure, it's at b a h s pulse p u l s e. Okay. Um, is is the account for like you know they're going to send out student announcements and things like that, and um, and I'll, I'll probably see Greg later this week, and I'll have oh, I can't remember. Yay. That's what huge. his, Thank but you. his, um, but yeah, he's awesome. He's, and I swear that man like never sleeps. He's everywhere. <laughs> and uh, check out Mr. Turborg, T E R B O R G on Twitter. Okay. I've heard, I know of him. Yeah. All right. T E R B O R G. T E R B O R G. Um, but it's Mr. Like M R T E R. It's all awesome. lowercase. I believe. Okay. And if any of you are listening, you guys know people or, you know, like what, <laughs> what's the hashtag that people are following or is there like a Facebook group that they're all in? Because like, 
you know, everyone's crazy about Twitter, but Facebook, even though I'm not the greatest Facebook fan in the world, those Facebook groups, like that AP World History Facebook group is the, that's the number one, the first thing that any teacher yeah, it's amazing. World needs to go to. And so I wonder if there's those places out there. So anyway, so that's my world. I'm looking forward to a whole new uh, a journey going down that road, but also still with social studies, I'm taking one of the big roles in terms of the, uh, um, the TOSA. I used to be, I was a technology TOSA, but we're starting to head down and start addressing the, the, uh, the frameworks that, um, in California here that are being asked of the uh, uh, of social studies departments to start doing. And so that I'm, I'm in the pick up that mantle, how I can help our, our two high schools and two middle schools and our alternative school, how we can start uh, uh, looking at the California frameworks that are going to be coming down, start doing textbook adoptions and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like excited about helping lead a group to our district wide. Let's try to be able to be on the same page as opposed to have all these independent contractors and some do amazing stuff, but let's just kind of like work together because there's so much out there. Well, that'll be awesome for you, too, to kind of connect, uh, you know, some of that history to the film making uh, yeah. that your students are doing, especially students that you said you're going to be back at Rockland. Yeah. Um, so, right. I mean, connecting to those history teachers and maybe you guys, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking you could do some incredible, uh, you know, cross-curricular documentaries and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, by the way, iMovie, have you tried it with doing Vietnam? Have you looked at, yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Super cool. All right. Well, good. Way to catch up, everybody. Exciting and looking super looking forward to hearing what Scott has to do with it, with our next uh, special edition. And uh, Chris and Amy, too, special editions. You got something. <laughs> Run with them, right? They're open. So now we're going to jump into segment two. What are some ways we're going to think about the stuff that we have learned? We've, uh, we, we have kind of come across our paths. And what would we think that we can be able to tie into our teaching for next year? So what are some ways we would plan to integrate what you've learned into your teaching this upcoming year? And Scott. How do you kick it off? Yeah, so, you know, I got to uh, attend a PBL Academy, actually, uh, at the end of last year. And, you know, some of the best parts about summertime, the opportunity just to kind of think about, you know, all that learning and actually, you know, unwind, but let everything kind of continue rolling around. So, uh, believe it or not, you know, Africa is an interesting place. Like, there's a lot of sitting involved in Africa. Um, there's nothing is close. You're always in a vehicle moving from one place to another. So you have a lot of time to kind of sit in and think and reflect. And, um, and, and so I thought a lot about, you know, the, the PBL opportunities and I really would like to try and focus a little bit more on that and trying to create kind of this exhibition at the end, right? What is the showcase for your students? Are they creating websites and apps or are they showcasing their work at some kind of, you know, public event um, and seeing if I can work with some teachers to develop those kind of culminating uh, showcase type projects. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of my hope for bringing in some of that, that past learning. And then obviously uh, the experiences I had down in Tanzania, you know, I, I really want to incorporate, um, you know, just some opportunities, whether it's, you know, able, we're able to connect with some of the kids back there, but I mean, it's not like, you know, the internet that you have comes via a cell phone data plan. Um, which nobody can afford. So Isn't it crazy, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's that is the way that how much of the planet gets to connect to the internet. Yeah, and you know, I mean, and if you are making a dollar a day, like you just it's you're not, not something yeah. you're gonna pay for. Um, so, but trying to at least you know bring back just some of those opportunities, and there are organizations that go out there, and um, one of the nice things working with Messerani Project was they go back to the same places. Uh, with groups of kids and stuff too. So, you know, maybe being able to send something over, I'm not really sure yet. I haven't thought enough about all that, but uh, definitely looking into some PBL for this year. Very cool. Super cool. Well, like I said earlier, I'm really excited about um, the art district moving towards a better measure of of what kids know. That's just something that's like, I'm pretty passionate about. So I really, I'm really excited that they're, they're moving with that. Um, so there's that part of me that says, you know, woman, you're crazy for taking on this now because you're going back to school and AP is exploded. And, but then at the same time, I've got the, this amazing team. Um, like I said, my, um, instructional coach, her name is Heather Goodenough. She's on Twitter. You should follow her. Um, <laughs> she's, she's awesome. Um, when it comes to like supporting the teachers, she is all about that. And her role is to save me time. So, you know, I can call her and say, Hey, I'm really looking for this. And I haven't been able to find it. And, you know, two days later, she's like, Hey, I've got something for you. I'm like, you are amazing. Um, so, so that for me, I just, I guess my year goal is just survival, keeping all the balls in the air. And okay. it's like, you know, that, that, uh, that Disney movie, meet the Robinsons, that family model, keep, keep moving forward. Um, mm. You know, fall on your face, get up, go again. <laughs> um, that's my motto this year. Yeah. Well, 
There's yeah, something to be said for that. There is, yeah. The plates. I think we all love, we, we we love the that that analogy of the balls in the air, the the spinning plates, which you never see anymore. Like, I've never, <laughs> like why was that a thing in the '80s? Like every Johnny Carson once a week, it seemed like somebody was spinning plates, and now I don't Do you even. Think we're I ever going to reach that point where we're explaining the spinning plates things to kids, like we're explaining what a payphone is? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Things have changed. Here's another one. Sorry for going uh, so bird walking here. What happened to quicksand? Like, I remember quicksand was like in every television show or movie. It's like every Someone's, 80s movie. Yes. It jumped a shark. It, I don't know what it was. Sharknado. But it was like Gilligan, Gilligan got stuck in there. Indiana Jones got stuck in there. Right? Everybody, now it, and, you, and I remembered, like, what, even if you did get stuck in quicksand, like, don't move. You knew how to get out? Right. Yeah, look for a vine. Don't struggle against it. I don't even think kids today even know what. what <laughs> they don't know how to survive quicksand. Dang it. Uh, We're teaching them the wrong skills to survive. <laughs> We're failing then. Uh, sorry. Uh, all right, who's up? Am I up? Um, I think I am, but... Chris, you, you go. My turn. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say that based on like the PDs, the, the workshop that I participated in... Um, Back earlier in the summer, the uh, conference, I've already made some changes in how I structured my online courses in Canvas because I learned a lot more about Canvas. I kind of got thrown in. Here's Canvas. We're using it. You're still going to have to teach me because that's my system too. Well, I don't know how I learned it, but I'll try. Um, How do you you guys like Canvas if you don't mind me uh, asking that? I do like it. Um, I just know that the way in which I have been using it is, is very kind of surface skip. And I know there's going to be a, there's got to be a smarter way to use it. And I know that. Yeah. yeah. That's been my experience too. And I, I, and it continues to be, I'm just, I know that there's ways that I could be using it better and there's things I could take advantage of that I'm not. Um, and it's having the time to figure it out. Um, be, okay. I'm, I'm on a seem- weird yeah, I don't have a yeah. summer off, so I don't have that. Because it seems to it seems out. like Canvas, like like Schoology and Blackboard, they're like insurance companies. Like nobody loves them. Nobody loves the insurance <laughs> company, you know. And it's like there's just a thing that you have to have nowadays. So I was wondering about that one. Okay, so sorry, go back to when you were you, you were mentioning oh, about. No, nope, that's fine. Um, so that was really great to get some hands-on help with that, and then also just thinking about more ways for. I think what Amy was talking about, you know, for students to show what they know. Um, so like the big thing that I kind of got exposed to in a in a deeper level was Adobe Spark, as I mentioned before. And so I think that has a lot of, uh, you know, opportunities for students to really be creative and think about communicating in, not just in the traditional, like I'm going to type or handwrite a response to my teacher about this, but, you know, something they can share, something they can use visual, video, images, et cetera, you know, even narrating with their voice. So, I mean, there's just a lot of, a lot of, I mean, and it's not like Adobe Spark's the only thing that, you know, the only tool out there that does that, but, you know, it was nice to have some time to actually play with something and get some ideas about it and talk with other teachers about how they're using it. As uh, in this class that I'm going to start teaching the video broadcasting course, one of the things that I would do and try to be able to show teachers for years is the simplest way to make videos, the most power, uh, one of the easiest and most, one of the more powerful ways to do that is do just exactly those, the narrated slideshows at, at any grade level, you can have your kids do them. And the tools now are so like spark is so dropped that simple. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you who are not familiar with Adobe Spark, just give it a check. Just do a, a Google search for Adobe Spark. And what it is, is Adobe is the company that has been around forever and they make they have made they make the top notch programs they make photoshop they make adobe premiere they they do like industry standard stuff in terms of design but what they decided to do was make some um very professional beautiful looking software but make it for everyday users and so a spark is this idea about you just drop in pictures or clips you hit a button, you narrate over the top of it, add some music. And what's nice, it's all built in within the platform. So you don't need to go find your own music because Adobe has a giant wealth of copyright-free uh, um, uh, music that you can use. That you can bring in icons and photos, and it's pulling in from their gigantic library. So what's nice is that the kids don't have to leave the app at all. They're direct, They're within the program. The themes and layouts are gorgeous. It's, it's beautiful. So check it out. My only, my only concern with Spark, and we've reached out to them and talked to them, but is the uh, – uh, they uh, it, it, it's students log in using their Google accounts, mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. they're uh, 13 and under students are not uh, are not right. allowed. And so l- the frustration is, I think Spark is almost the perfect age for like third to like ninth yeah. graders. It fits in perfect there. So it's, I think we're you know we're, we're not we're not hitting a lot of those the, the places that are it's a perfect fit for. And so I wish that they yeah. would help work on their um, 
their policies. Well, it'd be cool to have a program. I mean, you know, um, iMovie, you know, has been so popular, but I'll tell you what, my students, as soon as they see the iMovie template show up, they're like, that's a template. They didn't yeah. work. And I'm like, yeah. okay, it's been overused to that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those movie trailers on iMovie are, that's been, we've that's all been seen done. Those. It's been done. Yeah. Now iMovie's phenomenal, but the, but then you're limited to the kids who, uh, I mean, do you actually have, know what they're doing? Yeah. Yeah. And do they well, have the, the Mac, like, right? Yeah. Or I mean, everybody, yeah. every, all these kids, I mean, everybody's, all these schools are buying Chromebooks. I, I was yeah. at Rockland high school today and we unloaded nine, 960 Chromebooks. We unloaded today. Like that's just, what we've got. Yeah. It's just, so that's what they have in all those tools. And so Adobe spark is available on the web, which is awesome. And it's also available on, on the apps and it's free. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I'll jump into, I, I kind of hijacked yours a little bit there, Chris, but I don't know. That's fine. Yeah. Spark's fantastic. So my, uh, my takeaway is I mentioned it before is trying to be able to help my teachers move forward, move forward with this uh, California uh, framework that's coming out regarding social studies. And although that I've, uh, I've done some social studies workshops, I don't, I feel like we need to outsource this thing. So I've reached out and we're having uh university of California, uh, the university of UC Davis's history project, uh, they're going to come out and work with us. And by looking at them, I saw them at the social, the California Social Studies Conference, and I was really impressed with um, uh, what they have put together in terms of help, but trying to be able to help uh, schools and districts uh, look forward to coming up with a plan as opposed to, because in California, we got rid of the standards, uh, you know, uh, some years ago. And so everybody's just been doing their own thing. And so now it's like, okay, th- there's a framework that's being asked of us. And so I think we can look to organizations that can help us out. And they have this blueprint that they put together that is really focused on research-based, f- critical thinking, literacy skills, content, historical content knowledge. And so bringing all those things together and tr- trying to be able to emphasize to our teachers, hey, we can't stay in the lecture anymore. It's a, it's, it's a different world. So I put a link into the show notes if you want to check out. And it shows kind of the stuff that they offer in their history blueprint. And you can definitely look at the UC uh, Davis History Project for the other things that they do. And they got some sample um, a curriculum. They got one for 7th, 8th, and 10th grade. So like the 8th grade one for U.S. History, It's you know when you click on it, it's got all of this, not necessarily just individual lessons, but sort of what the whole unit can look for in terms of incorporating all those things from historic literacy to primary source emphasis and all that kind of stuff. So I'm super excited about that. And hopefully my teachers are going to be excited as well too. I'm digging through this and I am. And this is cool. I like yeah. this. Yeah. And, 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 and Amy, you know, from the AP, uh, they keep retweaking themselves, but we're starting definitely to see that trickle down from the AP of mm-hmm. it is no longer stand in lecture and memorize, you know, what year was the Norman oh, yeah. or the Mongols, you know, this like, Hey, no, we need them to be able to analyze the primary sources and be kind of mini detectives and historians. And so I love that the AP is that, Oh yeah. And the AP although we're not program- shooting for it, well, we saw, I mean, and I, I love this quote I heard at one of the institutes. They're like, there will never be a proper noun as an answer. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, that's cool. And you think, oh, and you're I like, love you know that. what? It's I'm all writing about that down. How thi- it's all about how things connect. It's all about, you know, it's about, it's about relationships, you know, over time, over place. You know, it, 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 there will never be a proper noun as an answer. So don't you ever give a student a multiple choice question with a proper noun as an answer. I'm going to tweet that out. Who do I give credit to that on that one there? Oh gosh. It was either Uh, Noah Littman or Christine Custard. It was one of the two. Okay. (laughs) Cause if it's not, then I'm giving credit to you. (laughs) (laughs) We can just say, I heard it in an APSI. I told you we're good. Yay. I love that. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. Well, so so that's what I'm. Um, my big sort of takeaway is, and the next one we want to do, uh, the next segment that we like to wrap up the show with a little bit is kind of what's going on today. What have we sort of see, seen things that have kind of um, come across our plate, you know, in in the Twitter universe or watching the news or or you read an article, something that came across and say, hey, like that's something interesting. I think we may want to be able to share. And so, Scott, what do you got for us? Well, uh, one one of the places we got to go visit was uh, Zanzibar, which is off the coast of Tanzania. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, you you envision these gorgeous beaches, but there's a lot more to Zanzibar um, than just that. And it, in fact, I didn't realize this, but it was the basically the capital of the slave trade in East Africa. Um, and so we had an opportunity to kind of explore some of the um, you know the former slave auction sites, and there was a lot of information about slavery today, and kind of. Um, you know, the amount of people enslaved in the world. And actually, believe it or not, um, there are more slaves or indentured servants or forced labor, you know, things of that nature in India than any other country. Oh. Um, it may make sense. You know, I mean, India's got the second largest population in the world. 
Um, but there's a lot of people out there. And so I came across this article uh, about Google Maps and, and the satellite views u- being used uh, to help find slaves in India. And basically what they're doing is they're using Google Maps to look for these giant brick kilns um, at, at these kind of uh, sites where, where they make bricks. And they're huh. you know, identifying them via the satellite images um, so they can you know, do some work uh, on the ground to hopefully help uh, some of the people out there. So it's just those giant oval shapes? Those are the kilns? Yeah, it's just these giant oval shapes. And, and I mean, it, it's, it's amazing what you can do now with, you know, with Google Maps and, and, and satellite images and, and really using the tools for an authentic purpose. You know, I mean, I think you can actually, you know, volunteer to, like, search parts of India looking for these specific, uh, these specific brick kilns. Um, which they're finding is, is, you know, connected to more, more slavery. Well, not more slavery than anything else, but a lot of uh, kind of that indentured servitude uh, in India today. Wow. Well, and how cool that, I mean, something as simple as, you know, pulling up Google maps on your cell phone can have, you know what I mean? Like, you know, this isn't something crazy, crazy high tech. This is something an average person could open up and look at. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show the power of what we have at our fingertips. Um, and, you know, harnessing, harnessing those new tools to do something really meaningful and impactful. Super and I think cool. it's neat to be able like you mentioned the hub of the conversation is, but when we, uh, in America, we, we are really on the giant Island. We hear slavery. We think one thing we think about American slavery yeah. in the South, like that's it. Or like, we don't realize that slave, that slavery has existed across. It, it happened before then and after then in different places. And so that, I like this really. Interesting. Hey, you know, what's actually kind of cool is I put in the show notes, this photo, um, I, I took it this kind of exhibit out in, in Zanzibar about slavery today. Um, and I think the numbers are probably a little bit higher today. Um, but if you, if you make it bigger, um, the countries that are the darkest on there uh, are the most heavily involved in the slave trade. Uh, mm-hmm. But what you'll see is, you know, even with the United States, like in areas that you would not expect it to exist, there's this kind of underground black market of, um, you know, forced labor and different types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that exists that, you know, nobody talks about, nobody really, really knows about. Um, I have to say that here um, in, in Tulsa is kind of like where some of the major North South um, interstates for the U S kind of connect. So they call it the four corners and um, there's, it's a huge vein for sex trafficking. Um, and the, the kids in like middle school I want to say like eighth grade, they all get kind of like educated. I mean, everybody gets the like, you know, where they separate the boys and the girls and they get taught about, you know, the mm-hmm. human body. Mm-hmm. But it there's an added element about sex trafficking and what to look out for so you don't get kidnapped. And, wow. and it kind of like shocked me a little bit when we moved here because I'm like, we're in the kind of the middle of the. You know what I mean? We're south, but we're not that far south. But then somebody pointed out the highway system. And I'm like, I never thought of that. I'm looking at I'm looking at the map right now. I got a big map in my office, and I'm looking. Yeah, you guys are kind of smack dab, and all these inter- highways intersect through Tulsa. Well, and it's true. I mean, like somebody if somebody snatches a kid, I mean, mm-hmm. you give them 20 minutes, and they could be going almost anywhere. Mm. Wow. I, I just never thought about that. Yeah. Well, mine's not nearly as. Uh, you know, enlightening and <laughs> the, <laughs> no. the worst when you're like, I got my nugget and like, ah, the one before me was really good. So, yeah. Um, well, all right. well, okay. All right. So somebody sent me a link, um, on social media, uh, about this, I, I, you know, history teacher, Hey, Presley, will love this. Um, and there's this group called the Columbus foundation that has re like not rebuilt, but like made a, a mock, I guess, uh, a, they uh, advertise themselves as the most historically accurate or closest to accurate ship of the Nina. And then they've just built a second one, the Pinta and they travel the U S like they're traveling the U S in 2018. And it's like, it's not that expensive. It's like 10, $15. Or if you get a field trip going, it's like $5 a kid Um, to go, you know, learn about these ships. And I mean, and, and I thought, okay, cool. They'll be in Boston. They might go to Florida. Maybe, you know, I'm thinking they're going to hit the coast. No, they're going to be in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and they're going to be in Muskogee, Oklahoma. I mean, it's not like the place where you would think you would find these, you know, caravel ships. Um, 
So I already sent like earlier today, I forwarded the, the website to my boss um, and all the way up the district chain. And I'm like, look, I know it's, you know, another year out, but I want to go and I want to take kids. And I mean, kids who live kind of in the, towards the center of the country like this don't usually get to see that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like you, if you ever travel through Boston, yeah, you can see the tall ships, but it, you know, you want to see an aircraft carrier, you're not going to, you know, you're going to go to California to see that. Um, you're not going to see that stuff here. And so I was just like kind of throwing the flag of, I want to go. I don't know how we're going to find the money. Cause if you case you haven't noticed, oh. Oklahoma's broke um, as far as education, like we make international news about that. But uh, <laughs> you know, but I mean, I'm like, and, and Muskogee from my school district is about a probably 30 minute drive. It's not very far. So I was super excited to find that. I mean, I thought it was neat to start with, but then to find out that it was coming that close, I was like, well, even if my school district doesn't go, I'm taking my own two little gremlins and we're going to go crawl over a bunch of ships and I'm going to be so excited. They're going to think I'm weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You got it. Well, you got to keep us, uh, keep us in the loop about what happens on this. Yeah, I'll definitely take pictures. But again, it's, you know, it's like November of 2018. It's going to be a while. Oh, my gosh. November. <laughs> you... We got a while. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe we'll still be on then. Yes. Yeah, who knows? Come on. <laughs> yes, we will. You could do your own <laughs> special episode about that. Yeah, that's not nearly as cool as Tanzania. No. no and, if you want, but... and if you want the show to still be on by 20, November 2018, then go to iTunes and <laughs> give us some stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right, Chris, what about you? Well, something that I found this week that I shared with my students was a uh, an archaeologist find, an archaeology find in France with the remains of a Roman village that was pretty well preserved. They had some really cool pictures. I shared the Ooh, link in the show notes. Uh, yeah, so CNN had some great pictures, and I know the New York Times ran a story about it too. But I just think stories like this are a great way to hook students with the images, like of the mosaics and things, but also to make the past, especially like ancient history, tied into today a little bit, um, you know, to show us like people are still finding these sites. And so they're still finding new things about these, about these, these ancient societies. And it's not like it's all just written in stone, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, that it's just all these facts that we know, we know everything we need to know about the Romans or about, you know, the Hittites or whatever else. I mean, it's like we're constantly learning new things. I think it's also really cool to use things like that as a jumping off point for talking about, you know, what do you think future people will think about us based on the artifacts mm -hmm. that they would find that we will leave behind. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it just, it's, it, things like that just, you know, have the potential to really lead to some cool discussions and get students engaged, I think. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I have to point out when you look at the, some of these pictures, like the one with the manor house in the background, um, they're not digging that deep. So how the heck has this stayed like, yeah. Do you know what I mean, I mean, it looks like it's, you know, I don't know, six, eight feet underground. I'm like, how, how does nobody find this? <laughs> like, it's not like they dug down for a basement and they were like, Hey, look, there's a, you know, a, <laughs> some sort of mosaic. Like, Hey, that's weird. It's amazing though. You know what, what they're able to do in the past 20 years that they, you know, couldn't yeah. do before that just with, I mean, x-ray and like yeah. you know, sonar stuff. Radar and stuff yeah yeah i mean it's just it's it's crazy but it is amazing that they still discover these places it, it, there's so much just under the earth still out there it's just it's 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 unfathomable how much our past is just still just covered up waiting yep so cool. i mean that's what kind of got me fired i mean watching raiders of the lost ark for the first time not it was just that opening scene of you know, uh, not the, the first thing, but when the when, when the college professors come in and they start talking about the ARG and it was like, we have an opportunity to go find this. I'm like, that's awesome. That's an adventure. This is exciting. Uh, My kids finally watched all three of those this summer. It was definitely an epic summer for my kiddos to see Indiana Jones. <laughs> I got it. Amy, I'm super proud that you said three, not four. I'm so happy because. Uh, uh, yeah, we skipped that one. <laughs> Thank you. Talk about that. Good choice. Oh, Aliens. that's awful. It's Alien like that skulls. History, that History Channel guy with the fingers and the crazy yes. <laughs> Yeah, he was a major contributor on that movie. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, I'll jump in here. So one of my uh, thing that's come across me is a song. And we're talking about as a group here, as a show, about doing a whole thing on music. And so uh, I'm going to just do a prelude to this because the song came out from one of my favorite singer songwriters, satirist. His name's Randy Newman. He's been around from the 70s, and we all know Randy Newman, uh, his voice, but you may not necessarily know because he's the guy from the Toy Story and so many of these other songs that you've, you've heard before. You've got a friend in me, but he is, a, he is just 
just de- his satire runs deep and it's been he's been doing songs since the 70s and he's got a new album out the album's called dark matter and the one song is called the great debate which is very um a, a wonderful like eight nine minute song that you definitely need to check out and listen to uh, a, a very biting satire but along with that one if you haven't heard some of his other ones it was uh, his songs were some of the ones that when i taught ap world i want i gave the kids a study uh cd every year and that tra- and that morphed into they didn't have cds but but i would put all <laughs> his songs together and, and so randy newman's uh some of his songs were sort of the uh, the, the linchpin that made me originally want to do this and some of those songs are uh, one's called sail away another one's the world isn't fair the third one's the great nations of europe and the last one's political science those are the names of them and i got them linked up on the show notes but he he, he makes everything uh not makes makes fun of but he satirizes everything from like sail away uh, scott goes perfectly along with the slave trade because he's he's uh it's a satire all about the forced labor and the slaves um, coming to the new world. Uh, the world isn't fair. It's a great song about Karl Marx. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's just, yeah. And the great nations of Europe. So anyway, so check those out. It's in it, 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 it. I'll let you listen on your own, but the, it's a really a, a great way about looking at uh, and, and showing how music isn't necessarily something that we listen to and enjoy, but how it really can be serve as social satire. And, I, and that's like we, we were—I was saying at the beginning—we want to be able to address this in one of our shows because music has played an important part in in our history. Have any of you guys familiar with Randy Newman stuff? Yep, it's familiar. Yeah, and I heard the story on NPR today. <laughs> oh, really? It was on NPR. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I gotta check it out. That's awesome. The nerds of NPR. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yes, yeah, so de- definitely check that out if you guys want to give, give that stuff a listen. And we're going to start collecting before we do the show, guys, and when we get to music, which is going to be a couple episodes out, it'd be nice for us to be able to hit up on Twitter and, and hit the, the, the hashtags about see if we can sort of crowdsource what some of uh, people in the community really like to uh, 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 songs they like to use with their kids. Like, oh, I like using Eve of Destruction for the Cold War. I like using whatever. And so let's try to be able to get a, a, a a big, a big collection of music together. I think you we have something we could social studies album. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was social studies chat or social SST studies lab. talk or SST lab that they the did. One. There's a spreadsheet floating around yep. with songs really? and, and where that's to play. Was, yeah. Yep, that's what I was going to say. I think we could probably link that in the show notes. Let's do that. Let's link that now, but then we'll throw, we'll, we'll throw the question out here in a couple of weeks before we get into the show. And then we can kind of make, make, make crowdsource that a little bit. Cool, cool. Yay. All right. So speaking about future shows, what do we think we want to do next time, everybody? I think we need to talk about Tanzania. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we'll have a, uh, I've got, I've got, I'm waiting on one last interview, um, but pretty much everything together for a Tanzania episode. So look forward to the next week or two um, out here and it'll be a deep dive into, into this adventure and uh, probably learn a few things about Tanzania that you never knew. And if people want to be able to reach out with uh, Scott and hear more about his opportunity, uh, his adventures, or want to be able to connect with him about um, uh, this travel or other kind of travels, definitely reach out to him and connect with him on Twitter. Yeah, please do. And uh, and I'll, I'll, we'll talk a little bit about the organizations um, that we worked with while we were down there, um, so people can have the direct links to if they're interested. Fantastic. And then, what did we say, folks, about after the uh, special episode? What were we thinking about? I think we're going to reach out to see if we can get a uh, another guest uh, guest spot, but we're Yay. kind of waiting on confirmation, so we'll, we'll mystery. Mystery. So stay tuned. Scott will drop it maybe at the end of his episode of what we're, what we're going to be talking about the next one, but um, what do you guys think? Is that a wrap? Uh, I, I think, think so. that might be. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Like we said, this is episode 11, and uh, until next time, keep talking social studies. See ya.